Chapter 9, The Start of a Business Jordan Chicago's Bulls design got a lot of attention at school on Monday. Oh man, did your brother do that? Xavier asked. Nope, JD did. He said, throwing me a solid. I only paid him three dollars. He's open on Saturdays. Hmm, more money. Two clients times three dollars each was six dollars. The newest Spider-Man comic cost four ninety-nine. I just had to keep up with Jordan, Xavier, and Jessica. Me and Jordan were super into the graphics, but Xavier and Jessica had all the storylines memorized. Six dollars would even leave me with one extra dollar for candy. One dollar divided by ten cents was ten. I could buy ten pieces of candy with my extra dollar. When Eddie, the quarterback on my Pee Wee football team, saw Jordan's designs at lunch, he said he wanted his hair cut by me too. He always went to Heart and Son. I'm tired of waiting all day when I go, he complained. It didn't take long before I had a lot of clients. All the kids I played sports with and all the regular neighborhood kids wanted that fire I had with my clippers. That very weekend, I set up my shop. It wasn't really warm one day, like most days in Mississippi. So I put out a folding chair on the back porch. The rest of the time, I cut my hair in my bedroom. I didn't have the kind of equipment you'd find at Henry's, so I improvised. I put a piece of toilet paper around my clients' necks and an old bed sheet over their clothes to keep the hair off. The sheet kept slipping, so I attached a hanger clip on the back to keep it in place. Justin was my assistant barber. He swept up all the hair, collected money, and sometimes served as my hair model. My mom and sister barely seemed to notice my growing empire. The only complaint I heard was from my grandparents, who told all of us to stop using so much toilet paper. They knew I was cutting hair at home, but they didn't want me to cost them money while I was doing it. Do you think toilet paper is free? My grandma said. I couldn't worry about toilet paper. My mind was busy counting money. If I did 10 haircuts a day, that equaled $30. 10 haircuts times $3 equals $30. I imagined what I'd buy with all that cash. My own video game console, a television set, and all the candy I could eat. Soon I would have every Marvel comic, except for the Captain American ones. I didn't like those. My bedroom would be the most tricked out kids barbershop ever. Pee wee football practice was always during the week, so I had all Saturday to cut hair. One day after I closed up the shop, me and Xavier, Jordan, and Eddie were in my room talking about everything from the newest videos on House of Highlights to what place Coach Sydney had tried to teach us for the next week. Yes, next week I'm going to stop pitching it to the running back so much, Coach said. I can practice some quarterback sneaks, Eddie said. Why don't you throw the ball to me more, Xavier asked. Because Jessica's a better wide receiver, Eddie laughed. Mom was out with Vanessa at her track meet. Grandma was at the studio center teaching a kid's ceramics class. The only one home was Granddad, who was practicing piano before he headed out to sell burial insurance. He'd leave as soon as Grandma and Mom got back home. I could hear Vanessa and Mom burst through the door, and then I heard an extra voice. It was Jessica. She must have come home with Vanessa today. I have to help Mom bring in the laundry, I heard Vanessa say. Just wait for me inside a few minutes, she told Jessica. I heard footsteps down the hall and saw a shadow approaching my doorframe. That's when Jessica appeared in her warm-up suit. What are you all doing here, she asked. This is my barbershop, I said. It's where I've been cutting all the guys' hair. Yeah, Jessica, no girls allowed, Xavier said. I turned to Xavier to give him a look. No, Xavier, Jessica can be here, I said. It's my room anyway. Jessica jogged in and looked at the barber's station. Can I sit in your chair, Jessica asked. Sure. I turned to Eddie and said, get up, Eddie. Eddie looked annoyed. You're not doing my edge up, J J.D., and I never saw a girl at Henry's Jr.'s place. Maybe I should go back there, Eddie said. I had to let Eddie know that this was my shop. Well, this isn't Hart and Son, I said. I make the rules. Eddie got up and Jessica sat down. Sometimes I wish I could cut bangs, but my mom won't let me, she said, pulling out a strand of her hair and fake cutting it with her fingers. I bet I could do it, I said, but your mom might get mad, so why don't you ask her first and come back next week? Jessica grinned. 
the way she did when she caught the ball on a crossing route, broke a couple of tackles, and was off to the end zone. The sideline, the coaches in the crowd always screamed extra loud when she scored. That's not a bad idea, she said. Jessica stood up and got out the, the and looked at all of us. I've got to go, but I'll see you all on the field. We heard Jessica walk down the hall. When she reached the end of it, she yelled back. I'm so fast, they won't be able to catch me. Jordan, Eddie, and Xavier all groaned, but I laughed. Jessica could teach all of us about throwing shade. J.D. and the Great Barber Battle, Chapter 10. Henry Hart Jr. has a problem. I loved everything about Pee Wee football. There were lots of kids on it who went to both Douglas and Catholic schools. Since I was cutting hair for most of the guys on my team, Mediterranean's Mighty Mice look extra clean. We came up with a plan for everyone to take off their helmets after a touchdown and show off their haircuts. Jessica even got my sister to style her hair different. It was obvious that all the guys were getting their haircuts somewhere that was not Henry's. He never took special requests. No parts, no colors, no high tops, and no dreadlocks. I don't think he hated these styles. He just didn't know how to do them, especially not on a kid. Check this out, Dad, friend Xavier said after he scored a touchdown. He took his helmet off in the end zone. I had cut a picture of the Mighty Mouse into the back of Xavier's head, which was always his normal high-top fade. I had even colored it with my art pencils. I usually recognized most of the people who came to my games, but this time I had a weird feeling of being watched. Whenever we scored a touchdown or made an exciting play on offense, all the parents and friends in the bleachers would stand up and cheer. I played linebacker, so I was not on the field when we scored and could see one person in the bleachers who kept his arms crossed and stayed seated. He was wearing a knit cap and sunglasses. It was Henry Jr. I was sure of it. What was he up to? His kids were little, so he had no reason to be there. What else could he have been doing except trying to find out where all the kids were going to get their hair cut? J.D., Eddie yelled after the game was over. That dude, Henry Jr. from the barbershop, was asking me who cut my hair. I told him it was you. After the game, I waited for my family to find me to avoid Henry Jr. in the bleachers. My grandparents, Justin and Vanessa, were the only ones who came to my games, but Mom had taken off that a night from studying for her exams to watch me in action. Another win, Mom, I said. My whole family caught up with me on the sidelines. Yes, I can see you've been cutting a lot of hair while I've been out of the house, Mom said as she squatted down and hugged me. Yeah, J.D., not bad. I bet you, could do, you can't do girls' hair, Vanessa said. Did you see how good Jessica's looked out there? She always had something to say. We piled into our car as it rolled down the street, and I could only think about Henry Jr. and what he wanted. J.D. and the Great Barber Battle Chapter 11 The Visit Everyone in Meridian knows everything about everyone else, and even if they don't know, it's easy enough to ask a friend, a neighbor, or a fellow churchgoer the right question to get any answer. So it wasn't that big of a surprise when one Saturday night, long after I'd closed up my bedroom barber shop, I found Henry Jr. knocking on the back porch. Of course he figured out how to find me. Even though it was getting dark outside, he still had the same knit cap and dark sunglasses he had worn at my football game. Hello, JJ, he said. No one except my family called me James. Definitely not JJ. He was trying to get me mad, and it was working. I know what you're up to with your little underground barbershop, Henry Jr. said. This was unbelievable. Why was Henry Jr. at my house worried about what I was doing? Hi, Mr. Henry Jr., I said to him. What can I help you with? Should I get my mom? It seemed like Henry Jr. was sweating. I couldn't really tell. 
He always seemed kind of out of breath, but today it was worse. It was almost as if I could see smoke coming out of his ears. Don't worry about your mom right now, but if you don't knock it off, he said in a louder voice, I'm going to call the authorities and get you shut down. Could he do that? How? You don't have any type of license to do anything, he said, as if he could read my mind. Your mom worked at the hospital. She knows about the health department. Before I could even respond, he stormed off. He had to be kidding. Who would believe an eight-year-old kid has his own barber shop? And how could it be illegal anyway? Half the kids I knew got their haircut at home. Henry Jr. was just a big hater. I didn't have time for haters. I had a business to run, money to make, and clients who depended on me.